Nothing in two. Come on now. Smith comes out of the Tomahawk. 0-2 on the way. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. The Atlanta Braves have won the 2021 World Series in six games over the Houston Astros. Pure euphoria down on the field as they're bouncing all over the infield. And in the booth. Celebration going on on the field, and folks, this is what dreams are made of. And for the 2021 Atlanta Braves, the dream has come true. They are world champions in 2021. What an incredible moment and a wonderful time for all of us. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, there is one thing and one thing only to talk about. The Atlanta Braves are World Series champions for the first time since 1995. And I'm still um, pretty much at a loss of words. I still really can't believe it. Um, it's settled in a little bit more than it has since last night, but it is still just unbelievable that this was the Braves team that won the World Series in my lifetime, and that just in general that this was the sports team that broke through in my lifetime, because since I was born, I was born in 2001, none of my teams uh, professionally or at the college level have ever won anything. Um, which I mean like a, a championship, being the champion of the entire the entire damn thing is what I'm pretty much trying to say. And the, I mean, I've had teams make it, you know, the Falcons made it and um, you know how that went. Um, and that's pretty, that's the only time the team, a team of mine has ever made it when I was like uh, old enough to realize and really soak it in that they made it and that's what they did. So I've been hurt for a long time, but the Braves, they made it this year. Um, probably not the team I expected to make it or win it out of all these Braves teams since they've came back and started to be good at baseball again since 2018. I mean, this was probably the most surprising one out of all of them that broke through and won the World Series. Um, so yeah, I'll get into more of that kind of stuff later, just uh, retrospective stuff. And um, we'll definitely talk about this team and just what they went through. Like I I've talked about it for weeks and months now of just uh the hell this team went through all season uh, pretty much from may on this like they they went through a lot and had a lot of stuff not go their way and and there wasn't just little stuff either so we'll get into that later of uh, the whole hindsight and retrospective stuff but first we're going to talk about game six of the world series um it was Max Freed on the bump for the Braves, and then Luis Garcia got the pill for the Astros. He is going on three days rest, and Max has got a little extra rest, going on five days rest. But the pressure was all on Max in this one, um, and that's pretty obvious because he he is the best pitcher on the staff. But when you see the kind of uh, performances that he threw up against the Dodgers and against the Astros in his previous two starts, people were starting to get 
not me, but I, like probably like more national people are probably starting to be like, oh, is something wrong with Max Fried? Um, like this could like, you know, maybe maybe the Astros would want Max Fried to pitch because he hasn't been good. And um, yeah, he um, he proved everyone wrong that said anything like that. Um, I think a lot of people forgot or didn't even realize that in, in Max's first start in this World Series, he got extremely unlucky. The Astros just nickel and dimed him to death. Um, they weren't hitting anything hard. They were all like little base hits, like some on the infield, some that are just barely, barely getting past gloves. It's not like they were just rocketing balls all over the place. And um, yeah, yeah, it it was not. It, I mean, Mac probably wasn't his best there, but um, he definitely wasn't like it wasn't like in the Dodger series when they were actually just hitting rockets off of him out of the ballpark. So a little bit different. So I wasn't really too worried about Max because he did end up settling into that start. And pitching pretty well once um he got settled down, but at that point he'd given up a lot of runs, so it doesn't still doesn't look as look as good in the box score. But if you watched the game, you saw that Max really settled in and was very effective after his little blow up in the second inning. So that's my thoughts on Max coming into the game. Um, and I had full confidence in him, and I I, I predicted that he was going to shove, and boy did he ever. But um things things did not get started off on the right foot really. Um, for Max, and the Braves did hit a first in this game. Uh, top of the first, Eddie Rosario, he had a line out to Kyle Tucker and a nice diving catch, and then Soler and Freddie strike out. I'm not going to go through inning by inning in this game. Um, I'm just going to go through like the the main focal points of the most the most important things that happened in this game, and a lot of them um, are very positive for Braves fans, so I'm, I'm excited about it. So yeah, we'll start off with Max. Um, bottom of the first, things did not start off well. So Jose Altuve leads off with an infield single that was in the hole. Dansby tried to make a really nice play on it, but um, it, it would have been it would have been a crazy play if he made it. But I think Altuve would have beat it anyway. Altuve is kind of fast. Um, he's pretty fast actually, but yeah, he beat it out infield single. So one on, no out, and then Michael Brantley hits a very slow chopper to Freddie Freeman. And this is a this was a very weird play, and this had like a lot of people talking and asking like and a lot of questions about um Brian Snicker and. They're actually wrong because a lot of people didn't know the rule, including myself. Um, but Michael Brown hits a chopper to Freddie Freeman, and Max Fried doesn't like when Max Fried's running to first to cover. When he runs past Freddie, he doesn't like give Freddie like he doesn't look at Freddie so Freddie can just toss him the ball and he can just run his step on first. He was just making a beeline to first base and was just gonna like get his foot on the bag and catch it there. That was his plan, and he catches it like a couple of feet short of the bag. And he's trying to get his right foot on the on the bag, and he just like can't find it really. And he's like tapping his foot around trying to find it. And as he's doing that, Michael Brantley just absolutely clobbers his ankle with his spikes. I mean, in the moment when they showed the replay, I was I was expecting the camera to pan back to Max and him be like on his like sitting down, like holding his ankle, like he was done. Because if you told me Max would have broken his ankle right there, I would have believed you. Because that was a brutal. Play. I'm about to watch it right now. Um, yeah, that was just absolutely brutal and looked just excruciatingly painful. But yeah, trying to find the bag and he just kind of put his foot like right in front of the bag, and and Brantley just stepped right on it. And Brantley ended up hitting the deck too. Once he got past the bag, he like face planted. And then, yeah, I'm watching it back right now, and the Walt Weiss immediately says, don't review it. And the reason everyone said that why didn't they review it was because Brantley never touched first. <clears throat> excuse me. Brantley never touched first 
he like literally only stepped on Max's ankle and went over the bag and then like fell. So, and then Max, like after that all happened, how like kind of fell on the bag and touched the bag with his glove. So everybody's like, well, he never touched first. And Max touched the, touched the bag. He's out. Like, I, people were still assuming it was a force out, but it's not. And I, I like, I, I was kind of back and forth on it. And I was like, why didn't they tag him? Like right after it happened in the moment, I was like, why didn't they tag him? Like he didn't touch first. Like, but they thought that all they had to do was tag first base. And then I was like, oh no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You, like, yeah, you, like they should be able to touch first base and it's still a force out. So I kind of switched. I had the right, I had the right um, rule in my head first. And then I switched and I was like, oh yeah, that's dumb. Like they had, they just need to touch the base. But then it comes out like a few minutes later that you have to tag them. Like if you, once you get past first base, the force out doesn't apply anymore. You have to tag the runner, which I think is just really stupid. Just to kind of, but there's a lot of dumb little rules out there in baseball, but that one's like pretty dumb. <clears throat> but yeah, there's an absolute weird play. Um, and the, the, like Max's ankle getting stepped on, like, oh my God, I thought that might've been it. Like, I thought it was like, okay, get Mentor up and moving around, get Jesse up and moving around. Like, oh my God. Like, it's just crazy. The, like, like what, what took Charlie Morton out in game one seemed like nothing. And Max Free got his entire, like, like flat ankle on the ground stepped on by Michael Brantley, who is, he's a bit of a thick boy. I'm not going to lie. I'm no offense, Michael. It's not a bad thing, but like he, he's a, he's like he's not a skinny guy. Not not saying he's fat, but he's a thick boy. He's definitely buff, and he, like he's like digging the first, and like you know he was putting down like full force on that foot, right on that ankle, and like, I mean it didn't even fade. Like it made Max like I think it pissed him off because he, after he stepped up, after Brantley stepped on his ankle, it was lights out. I mean the Astros didn't stand a chance. And, I mean, they're one of the best lineups in baseball. And I'm not even kidding. It's not even an exaggeration. After he got his ankle stepped on, I think he gave up two hits or three hits. and But they were all singles. He didn't walk anybody. He was punching guys out. It was insane. But, yeah, so we'll move on now. That was a, that was a rant about that play. But it was just really weird. And, yeah, I had, I had to talk about that for a good amount of time. So, yeah, first and second, nobody out now. And it's it's um it's scary time now. It's tight butthole time, if you will. Um, and now we, now it's, um, yeah, it's real scary because you got runners on second and second and first with Correa, Alvarez, and Gurriel coming up. And you're thinking, oh man, just, just like, God, if they just like hold it to one here, Max, like, come on, strikes out Correa. Then he gets Jordan to ground out. And then he makes Yuli Gurriel who won the American league batting title this year. So he led the American league in batting average, which I'm not a huge batting average guy, but it's still impressive when you lead the league in batting average. It means you're a very good hitter, and Gurriel is that. He threw the AL batting champion three heaters, and Gurriel looked like it was his first time holding a baseball bat, and he just won the batting title. The last swing, it was like a check, like half swing on the on strike three, and it was Max's like hardest pit, thrown pitch of the season. Gurriel just like didn't know what to do. Like he was like he was like a, like he he was dumbfounded. It was like a weird check swing, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing swing. And it it was impressive because Max was, he like, he, he, like, that lit a fire under him. Getting that ankle stepped on and that play just not going his way, I that that got him going. And, I mean, strike out Correa, get Jordan to ground out, like, on, like, a 70-mile-an-hour grounder, and then make Gurriel just look like he's never played baseball before is, it's beyond impressive. 
So now we're going to move on um, to the next important series of events in this game. And that is the top of the third inning. And leading off the top of the third inning is Ozzy Albies, who got bumped down in the lineup for the first time all postseason. All postseason, he had, be, he had been hitting third in the lineup. He's batting seventh tonight because Ozzy was pretty brutal back in Atlanta um, during the series. And, well, he, Ozzy was really important tonight. I'll say that. And I had been getting frustrated with Ozzy over the series because he has not been very good. Um, and he, his defense has been kind of shoddy too, which is like not – not Ozzy Albies, like he's usually rock solid defensively, but like he had been dropping, like he dropped the double play ball early in the early in the series. He had been making like these routine throws and just spiking him in the ground and making Freddie Freeman almost kill himself to get him out of, out of the dirt. But uh, anyway, yeah, he's just been he's been rough, um, really up until this point, and uh, he leads off, um, gets down to 0-2 in the count, and then leads off the third inning with a single. So just like, and this doesn't seem like a much at first, but um, as you keep going, you realize this is the rally starter. Uh, Darno is up next. He flew out to center, and then Dansby lines out. So like at the time, you're thinking, well, I, at least Isaac got on. Maybe that'll get him going. Um, and like, yeah, there's one on the two out. So you're not thinking anything like crazy is about to happen. But Eddie Rosario walks, and then that brings up Jorge Soler, who has just an absolutely outstanding at bat against Luis Garcia. I think the at-bat was like 11 pitches long, and he was just, he was all over, he was all over um, Luis Garcia. Like, all over him. It, his the foul balls, he weren't just, he wasn't just getting a piece of these foul balls. He was rocketing them into the net. He was rocketing them into foul territory, into the seats. He was all over him. And it was, like, you just kind of felt like it was only a matter of time. Like, Garcia was playing with fire here, and it was only a matter of time. He was better off walking him. And I um, mean, yeah, like retrospectively, he definitely was better off walking him. But um, I don't know the exact pitch count, but like the tenth, eleventh, or twelfth pitch of this long, really good at bat by Soler, he finally gets one right in the sweet spot. Garcia hangs a slider right down the middle. It's very similar to the one that Christian Javier threw him uh, back in Game Four that he took the lead with, and Jorge didn't miss this one, and he didn't even come close. Like he did like. This was a I, I, this was Albert Pujols level, off a of Brad Lidge bomb at Minute Maid Park, over the damn train tracks, out of the stadium. Jorge hit this ball into a part of Houston that was that was roped off, roped off like you couldn't even go to it for some reason, like it was like a it was like a little park. Like he hit this ball into like a park, in out like outside the stadium just in Houston that was like roped off for some reason so no one could get the ball. It was 446 feet. He hit it 109 miles an hour. Just an absolute bomb. When it when he first hit it, I thought he bounced off the train tracks. No, 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 no. Over the train tracks in Minute Maid. That is, as an opposing player, like at an all baseball there, there's a few places where like you hit a ball that's impressive. Like in San Francisco, if you hit one into the McCovey Cove, like y'all, you, like you hit one into the drink. That's awesome. Um, and another one, like the other ones are like, um, hit one over the green monster on the lands down street, hit one out of stadium at Fenway. Minute Maid is like that. If you hit one on the train tracks or over the train tracks, that's like some, that's some bucket list stuff. And he did that in the world series in a, in a clinching game to give the Braves a three to nothing lead. Can't really say more about what Jorge's done in the series. He had three go ahead home runs. All three of his home runs were go ahead. 
And um, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way now because this stat is just insane to me. Um, it's just kind of about the whole series as a whole. But Jorge Soler hit more home runs in this series than the Houston Astros did. And only one man on the Astros hit a home run this series. And it was Jose Altuve. And they were both solo homers. Two home runs from an entire team in a six-game series. And they were from the same man. And they were only for one run apiece. I think the Braves ended up hitting 15 home runs in this series. And um, yeah, that's the difference in, in a baseball series. Like If you're not hitting home runs, it's hard to win. And the Braves hit a lot of them, and the Astros didn't. Only one man really did his job in this series um, as far as hitting the long ball. And it was Jose Altuve. He hit two of them. And one of them ended up not mattering at all because they ended up losing the game. But anyway, I had to say that because I like I, I I kept it in my head all series, like tracking their home runs. And I was expecting them to hit at least one tonight when they came back home. But nope, and they had no one even touched home plate for the Astros tonight. So yeah, just a pretty crazy stat. So we'll move on. Uh, bottom of the third, Max, one, two, three. It's obvious. Um, it was a double play, but still faced the minimum. Um, Max just kept shoving and shoving and shoving in the bottom of the fourth, two. And we'll move on to the top of the fifth. And leading off this inning, once again, is Ozzy Albies. Lead-off walk, um, reaches second on a wild pitch, then Darno strikes out swinging. Um, so Ozzy trying to start a little, a little rally here again, and he does because Dansby bangs one off of one of the metal ads of the Crawford boxes and uh you could hear that thing through the TV hit off that metal that metal advertisement Dansby Dansby crushed that ball I mean it kind of it got overshadowed because what Jorge did hanging out of the stadium but Dansby's was an absolute rocket off of one of those advertisements I remember last year when the Braves were playing a Minute Maid um in the NLDS when they're playing the Marlins Travis Darno hit one off of there and when, like, no one was in the stadium, obviously. So when you hit one off of there and nobody's in the stadium, it is so loud. That you, like, it is like someone banging on your garage door. Like, it, it's insane. And, you like, you know those things are loud because he, like, you could hear it clearly bang off that advertisement. I don't know. I just think that's cool when you, like, hit a home run and it hits something. And it makes such just a loud noise. And it's even cooler when you're, like, on the road and doing it. Because, you know, like, all those Astros fans in the Crawford boxes you know, like it, it would make my blood boil if I was an Astros fan and I'm sitting in the Crawford boxes and the opposing team hits a home run right above me and it makes such a loud noise that it's like, I'm, I just, I'm sure that's just infuriating, but hey, good, good for them. Um, they, they deserve it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing. But anyway, fans don't deserve it, but maybe this, uh, team does. I'll say that. So yeah, that made it five nothing, and uh, you start to feel pretty good at the time. You feel by the, you feel like you're in a good spot, but um, you know it's still early, still the fifth inning, and I'm like you're still on pins and needles. But you you recognize that you're in a good spot. So moving on from there, same inning, um, on a little two out rally. Uh, after um Dansby hit his home run, they took out Christian Javier. So Dansby in his career against Christian Christian Javier, two for two, two home runs. It's pretty good. So, yeah, they bring in um, Blake Taylor to replace Javier. He gets Eddie to ground out. Then Soler with a nice two-out walk. They wanted nothing to do with Soler in this at-bat. It was a four-pitch walk. And there's it's what Jorge did was just so violent. And so, like, it, it's, it shook them to their core so bad that they, would, they pretty much intentionally walked him to get to Freddie Freeman. That's the kind of home run Soler hit. 
That is a kind of home run that has the other team petrified for the rest of the game. That at bat, they might as well just held up four and just save your bullets, man. Because none of them were close. Jorge didn't even take the bat off his shoulder. And uh, sure enough, you know, if you want to face Freddie Freeman, here you go. He almost hits a home run himself, bangs one off the wall. So Lair scores from first, and it's six to nothing Braves in the fifth. And boy, you're feeling pretty good right now because just like even like when freddie starts to get on and you're like all right like okay okay like freddie's hitting too like all right we got this but and, and like retrospectively you say that but in the moment i was not like that at all i was still uh on pins and needles uh so moving on from there uh max in the bottom of the fifth uh strikes out kyle tucker strikes out alex bregman uh gets jose siri to fly out no big deal nothing doing for the braves in the top of the sixth um Bottom of the sixth, this was Freed's last inning um, of the game. He got Maldonado out on strikes. Altuve pops up to Dansby. Um, and then Michael Brantley hits a really hard-hit ball up the middle. And Dansby makes an insane play to get to it. Um, and he had, like he dove out and got him, then had to kind of like spin around on his bottom and try to throw it to Freddie at first. But um, it was off the bag. He might have got him if it was like on target, but like that's like an impossible throw to have on target because it was Michael Brantley running. But just an incredible play to even get to that ball. But yeah, that was the, the last hit Max would give up, and then Carlos Correa comes up, and uh, Max strikes him out. There was like a weird drop third strike from Darno on a fastball. It just like kind of skimmed off his glove, went to the backstop, which was a kind of a scary play, honestly, in the moment. Because he had to throw it down to first and get Correa out. But if, like, that didn't go right, like, it gets a little scary. Because second and first first and second, uh, two out. And Max had definitely tailed off a little bit in the sixth. Um, he definitely did. Like, his, his velocity was down a few ticks. Nothing crazy, but, like, I mean, he threw a lot of high-stress pitches in this game. Um, especially early on. And he was, like, around 75 pitches, I think, when, when um, they took him out. So... Hey, six shutty, six punchies. Uh, how many hits did he give up? Only four hits, no walks. I take that. I'll take that all day and hand it to the night shift. Um, and some people were kind of upset that they took Max out, but I think, like, I, I think this was Max's, like, or partly Max's decision because after the inning was over and he walked back to the dugout, he went up to Snit and put his glove over his mouth and Snit just kind of gave him a nod. And I'm assuming Max was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Like, yeah. Bring get Matic up moving around, whatever. So I think it was like free Max was like, Yeah, like it's time to it's time to go to the night shift, and that's what they did. Uh, top of the seventh, nothing doing on the first two batters. Eddie strikes out swinging, and then Jorge Soler has a rocket down the third baseline. And uh, Bregman made a really nice play to throw uh, Soler out. It was a really, it was actually a really, really nice play by Alex Bregman. Saved a double and probably saved a run because the very next batter, Freddie Freeman, goes deep on this one. Almost almost got in his last at bat, but he got this one for sure. It was pretty much dead center onto the railing up there that they have where some Astros fans were sitting. And Freddie was pumped about pumped up about this one. He it made it seven to nothing, put the Braves up by a touchdown. Freddie was fired up. Coming around the bases when he got to third and was in front of the Braves dugout. One of the harder chops slash swords I've seen. Honestly, and I've seen some hard ones this year. I know, I'm, I know, like um, when Acuna was still playing, he let out some real hard ones. Oz let out some hard ones. Dansby has too. Freddie put the dad strength into this one. 
And I know that like Acuna, I think it was Contreras and Camargo were all outside the dugout, and they were like doing a synchronized chop, and Freddie did it right with him, and like, oh my god, it was violent. It was violent. I'll, I'll say that, and I liked it. It was good. Uh, so yeah, Braves up by a touchdown, heading into the bottom of the seventh, and they bring in the nutsack, Tyler Matzik, and um, he wasn't fantastic in the bottom of the seventh. I mean, he would think, like, he didn't give up a run or anything. But um, it's worth noting because he came back in the eighth and was even better than he was in the seventh. But he gave up a leadoff single to Jordan Alvarez. Uh, then he got Gurriel to fly out. And then uh, Kyle Tucker hits, like, a line drive to right field. And Jock makes a good play, but it was also, like, a bit awkward. He, like, kind of, like, he, he slid very unorthodoxly, if, if that's even a word, if that's how you even say that. But it was a weird, it was a weird slide to get, and he kind of like banged his knee into the ground. It looked pretty painful, but he was fine. It was a nice catch. And that was uh, the second out. Then he got Bregman to strike out. So yeah, he gave up the base hit and like a line drive. And for Tyler Madsik standards at this point, if you're not striking out the side, it just seems kind of weird. Um, and he realized that he realized that letting balls get hit is for suckers, and he wasn't going to do that anymore. So in the bottom of the eighth, he just struck out the side. Um, Diaz, you're gone. Marwin, you're gone. Altuve, you need help finding anything? Oh, no, I'm just looking. Strikes out the side because, yeah, he just kind of, like, he's, like, snapped out of it in the dugout. It's like, I just really let these guys, like, hit, like, hit the ball. Like, they're not supposed to do that when I'm in the game. And, yeah, so <laughs> struck out the side in the eighth. Went two innings, two shutty for Matzik out of the pen. I thought they were going to Luke Jackson, but, I mean, I'm never going to complain about two innings of Tyler Matzik. Two innings. One hit, zero runs, four punch outs. Uh, the Braves didn't walk anybody in this game, which is pretty crazy. Um, like, really crazy, actually, because this Astro team, like, loves drawing walks. I just realized that no one got walked by the Astros. That's very impressive. Um, so, yeah, we'll move on to the top of the ninth. Um, nothing nothing doing here. I think everybody's just ready to party. Um, Darno flies out. Dansby lines out. Um, Rosario grounds out. And everybody's ready to party. And it's Will Smith time. You already know what time it is. It's Will Smith time. The best closer on planet Earth comes in the game. Gets Michael Brantley. Oh, Michael Brantley actually singles off of him. Uh, he had to make this a Will Smith appearance. So leadoff single. Very Will Smith-like. Um, then he gets Correa to line out to right, for, to right field to Duvall. Which is kind of scary because he kind of smoked this one. But stay in the park. Um, Alvarez flew out to left field. To Eddie, kind of hit this one pretty well too. Got to the warning track, but it's from the Crawford boxes. That doesn't count. And then Yuli Gurriel comes up, hits a chopper to Dansby, pump fakes to second, throws to first, and the Atlanta Braves are world champions again for the first time in 26 years. For the first time in my entire life, the Braves are champions, and it's, it's just it's awesome. I mean, I was it, it was a surreal experience. Um, I I just I still am still processing it, just looking at the box score right now and just looking um, at the top of it. It says World Series, Atlanta wins, series four to two. Pretty wild stuff. I mean, and just the way that they did it, you know, after losing Game Five the way they did, and everybody, the whole story. When I was like, oh, going back to Houston, that's it's pretty scary. Going back, going back to Houston, man. I mean, it's gonna be raucous there. How about you get shut out and lose by a touchdown in baseball? Seven to nothing? I mean, that like, 
I mean, I know no one felt like this game was uncompetitive in the moment because it's the World Series and, you know, it's it's still scary no matter what, even if it was 15 to nothing. But, I mean, as soon as Soler hit that home run, things just weren't competitive. Like, the Astros never had, like, a sizable threat besides the first inning. And that sizable threat in the first inning, like, it seems like it lit a fire under Max to just go out and shove for five more. So, I mean, they had the, the one thing in the first, and their offense just was laid down and died. And it was, I mean, this must be a sad time for Astros fans because the offense in the series, I mean, I'm going to credit my own Braves pitching staff, but the, the Astros offense in the series, I was scared coming into the series. I really was because, I mean, I know this, like I've watched this Astros team ever since they've been good pretty much. Like I've, I've watched them when they're in the World Series and the playoffs and all that stuff over the years. You know, they're not the same Astros that won the World Series or the same Astros like in 2019 when they were just absolutely loaded back in 2019. They're they're definitely a different team, but this lineup is still like so deep and it's so good. And I mean, there's just a lot of power, a lot of discipline. And the fact for them to go out like this, like games just just in, the, in game six to only have six hits, I believe they were all singles. Yeah, they were all singles, no walks. Struck out 10 times. Like, oh my God, man. I mean, like, credit to the Braves pitching staff. They're awesome. Max was nasty. Matzik was nasty, and that's obvious. And Will Smith, you know, he just doesn't give up runs. Like, he's incapable of doing that these days. So credit to them. But, I mean, I was just expecting more from the Astros offense in the series. I mean, they had their outbursts, but even their outbursts were just kind of like, like, they weren't like, um, like typical like Astros outbursts. It's not like they, their typical outbursts are like, oh, let's hit a couple of ding dongs and head back to the dugout. That's not what they were doing. They were like, dinking and dunking, nickel and diamond base hits, and you know doing all this kind of small ballish stuff, putting the ball in play. Like it was weird, and they only really had two rallies in the series. Like looking back on Game Five, I mean they they scored runs on a. And a bases loaded walk, sack flies, ground outs, you know, a 70 mile an hour single from Marwin, the ghost of Marwin Gonzalez. Like they just like the their offense didn't come to play. And a big part of that is that the Braves just shut them down. So a huge shout out to Max, to Ian, to those couplings of Charlie Morton. He looked pretty good. Uh, the night shift looked great. Chris Martin, shout out to Chris Martin. He didn't get up a run this series. And he's a guy that I had no faith in coming into this series, and he looked pretty good. Uh, Jesse Chavez was good. Kyle Wright. Oh, my God. I for, almost forgot about Kyle Wright. He was awesome. I mean, even the guys that had a little bit of tough time. You know, your Dylan Lees, your Tucker Davidsons, um, AJ Minter. I mean, he, he was fine except for his one performance, which was pretty bad. But, I mean, those guys, too. Like, shout, shout out to this team, man. Shout out to the whole, whole team. All, the bats hit when they need to. Um, you know, Soler's the MVP and he deserves it. He had two biggest swings in the series. Probably the go ahead homer in game, game four was insane. And then the home run he hit last night was just, Oh my God. I, 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 I don't know how many times I've watched that home run. It's, it's probably like in the mid twenties to thirties. Cause that was just, I mean, he just pooped on that ball. I mean, and I'm not even kidding, dude, that was a bomb. And yeah, he, he deserves every bit of this World Series MVP, and I'm super happy for him, and I'm super happy for all these guys that got traded, 
when you think about it, all these guys were just on bad teams. I mean, maybe, maybe like you could you could argue about the Jock and the Cubs, but the Cubs were about to sell off their entire team, and you know Cleveland was bad, the Royals were bad, um, who else? Adam Duvall's on the Marlins, they were bad. Even Rich Rod, even though he didn't make the postseason team, he was on like the one of the worst teams in the whole league, the Pirates, and these guys get traded over. And, I mean, the Braves aren't in a great situation, but, hey, we're not on the worst team ever anymore. And for these guys to, like, not know where they're going at the deadline, thinking they might rot on a bad team for the rest of the year to where they are now, winning the World Series and having a huge hand in it, it's just awesome. And, I mean, those guys, I don't know if they're going to be back next year. I mean, hopefully a couple of them are. But, I mean, Jock, Eddie, Solaire, Adam Duvall, obviously, like, he's done a lot for this this team in years past as well. All those guys are going to have a special place in my heart forever. I mean, the, do what they did and the, the the kind of production that they are for the team, that they were for the team after they got traded. The, the personalities on them, too, are awesome. I mean, so I didn't even get to talk about Solaire's pimp job with that home run, which was just all time. It was all time. Just drops the bat, bangs on his chest. And I think I, I saw that he said, um, like, it, like, it's time now in Spanish, which is just badass. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I, I like I, I love this team, man. They are super special. Not having not now we're about to get into the full blown like like how like the, this team like the retrospective stuff, all the stuff that happened, um, that was that went terribly wrong, and for them to be in this situation is insane. This is one of the best. This is one of the best World Series runs. Most one of the most improbable and best World Series runs in the history of baseball. There's no denying that. This team lost arguably like Marce- Marcelo. Okay, so let's talk about Ozuna right now. I know a lot of people don't like like he kind of gets brushed over in the talks of um you know the things that went wrong because people don't really want to talk about the domestic violence stuff and I get it. And they'd rather talk about how Acuna got hurt and Soroka and all that stuff, and I get it. I really do. Um and like it, it, it's easy to dance around that kind of thing. But on the 2020 Braves, Marcelo Zuna was like the heart and soul of that team in a lot of ways. He, like he, like the Braves had the mix it up thing. That's all Marcelo Zuna. He was awesome in 2020. Awesome. And like he, he seemed like just such a great guy, great clubhouse guy, kept the team loose. Everybody loved him. There seemed like a really good dude, all this stuff. And then in 2021, he comes out of the gate, he struggles a lot, he gets hurt, breaks his finger, and then he has the domestic violence stuff. And that, like, when a guy of that holds that much uh, respect and power in the locker room, and which is such a big part of the team the year before, and which is arguably the heart and soul of the team, does something like that, that's the kind of stuff that can sink a locker room, that can sink the clubhouse, that can sink a team for the year. It really can. It's it's like it's a tough thing. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody the day before they heard about the Marcelo Zuna stuff, they all loved him to death. And I mean, I we'll get into this in a, like in future episodes if he's gonna be back next year. But he's probably gonna be back. And but I mean, just I, I remember it vividly the day after Ozuna got arrested, or it was either the first game the Braves played after Ozuna got arrested. They're playing the Nationals. And everybody was like, what are the, like, because like they had a lot of things attached to Ozuna. They had the mix it up. This After every time the Braves won a game, they do the selfie in the outfield. And that was Ozuna's thing. 
I was like, and I was just thinking, like, how's this team going to look, like, without Ozuna, like, like, knowing what he did and just knowing he's not coming back and just, like, it just, yeah, it's just such a weird situation. I wonder, are they going to come out flat? Is this team going to look sad? And I believe Ronald Acuna let off the game with a single, and everybody was just looking at the first base, what is he going to do? And he lets out the chop, and it's like, oh, okay. So, and just, like, that little thing just shows you that this team nothing's going to phase them nothing phased them all year you know they didn't get above 500 until august they lost ozuna they lost acuna which is even more devastating mike soroka retore his ac or retore his achilles um they were without darno for a lot of the year they were without huascari noah for a lot of the year and before he got hurt huascari noah was just shoving i mean they lost so much and um i mean i can't give enough credit just to Brian Snitker for keeping this team loose and even in the darkest days of this season to keep these guys loose, keep them wanting to go out there and win and just keeping the faith and just saying that we can still do this, that we are good enough to do it. And then you have to give, I mean, the biggest of shout outs to Anthopoulos who actually has COVID right now. So he wasn't able to, he wasn't able to be at the celebration in Houston at the game, which just sucks so bad. So hope, hope he's feeling well and hope he's healthy but you cannot give them enough credit to Anthopolis, man. Like teams that are in a World Series push go out on the deadline and they unload their farm systems to push their teams over the top and to win a World Series. Like I know like in 2017, the Astros went out and got Justin Verlander and they unloaded their farm system. I don't know how those prospects turned out, but at the time it was a haul. Um, I know in 2016... Um, the Cubs went out and got a Roldis Chapman, and they they gave up Glaber Torres, and they said, you know what, it's worth it. Glaber is our top prospect, but it's worth it because we have this window, and we're going for it. We're going to get the best closer in the game. We're going to get Chapman, and like it it didn't matter. Give up Glaber Torres, give up your best prospect. It's worth the ring, and I agree with that. You know, if the Braves at this deadline would have went out and traded Christian Pache for somebody huge. And but if the Braves were very like in first place and firmly going to the playoffs, that's a caveat. And they traded Christian Pache for, I don't know, like a like a, some big name starting pitcher or just a huge bat in the order that can like change a team. I'm for it. The Braves got that kind of production that puts you over the top, and they gave up absolutely nothing. And I know it's talked about all the time. I know all these broadcasts about the playoffs. I've just talked about it. But it, it doesn't do it justice, how insane it is. Like, the kind of production that they got from these guys, regular season and playoffs, is star level. It is giving up some of your top prospects level to get them. I mean, it is just insane. Jorge Soler was, like, negative one-and-a-half war when he came to Atlanta. He was batting, like, 192 at a six-something OPS. And when he came to the Braves... He he finished his time with the Braves with an 882 OPS, and he was the leadoff man of the team. And he was traded for Casey Kalich. And I'm sure a majority of you listening don't even know who the hell that is. Because I didn't know who it was until it came across my timeline that he got traded for Solaire. The Braves got Eddie Rosario, who pretty much single-handedly won the NLCS for Pablo Sandoval who was about to have to get cut anyway. 
It is absolutely insane. It is almost like insider trading type stuff that is just so fishy of how great these deals turned out for the Braves. It really doesn't make any sense that like it's just like you couldn't have like you couldn't have cut it out any better. It is insane that the Braves got this kind of production from these guys. It really is. I mean, like I know there were talented guys coming in, but they were everyone except Duval really was having a tough year. And that's why they got him for such a such a deal. And um yeah, you just really can't say enough about what Anthopolis did and um and Brian Snicker too. I mean, I know I, I would like the last episode I was on Snit and I thought he managed a pretty bad game in game five, but you know, other than that, his tactical stuff has had been perfectly fine this entire postseason. And he, the, those those guys, all, all the players of the on this team would run through a brick wall for for Brian Snicker, and it is obvious. You know, we you, you listen to the post game interviews. Um, I got a Freddie and, and some other guys too. I can't remember. Thought I had Dansby too. I think, like the reporters don't even have to ask them about Snicker. They just say the unprompted that like, Snicker's the best and like he keeps us loose. He keeps us going and yeah, it like it. He he is he is probably the best players manager in the whole league, and that is honestly more than half of the job of being a manager these days. Like you do have the you have to have the tactical stuff. But a lot of that is also um, part of the front office and the analytics team. And that it's just kind of a game plan that's just a group effort. It's not just Brian Snicker. And I think some some people uh, don't completely realize that. But, I mean, you can't really name a better players manager in the entire, entire league, honestly. I mean, I just don't know. I just don't know how other teams would respond when all this stuff happens if they didn't have the kind of manager that the Braves have. And it's... It's a it's a it's a blessing. It really is. I mean, he he is just a great guy by all accounts. Seems like one of the most genuine dudes ever, and it's just awesome. And he he deserves this really more than anybody. Like he has been in the Braves organization for forty five years. Like he has been the AAA coach. He's been the third base coach. He has done all kinds of jobs throughout the organization. And for him to be at the very top, being the head coach, being the manager, and him getting a ring, it's super awesome just to see. And I. He like he's at the he's near the top of the list of guys I am most happy for. Like he's up there with Freddie and like I, I'd have to think, but I mean him and Freddie are really at the top because they have just been here for so long. Um, you know, in different respects. Like Snickers been here for forty five years. Freddie's been here his whole career, but you know Freddie was part of the really bad Braves teams. And I don't even like they were like they weren't even just like five hundred ish like mediocre. They were terrible teams. And Freddie could have, and understandably so, requested a trade and said, hey, I want to go win somewhere. I'm one of the best players in the league. I want to go win. <clears throat> and he never did that. <clears throat> Excuse me. He never did that. And he, he stayed the course, and he made it all the way back to when the Braves were competitive. And, um, yeah, it's, it's paid off now for sure. And I'm sure he just feels like a million bucks this morning. And, um, yeah, it is – it is just a crazy. This team is just a crazy story. Um, it's a crazy like the team, a team that gets a lot of press of for just being like a crazy World Series run is that Nationals team a couple years ago. But the Nationals, like their whole calling card, their whole story was that they just start they just started off really bad. They were um, nineteen and thirty one in their first fifty games, 
and that was like their calling card. Like, yeah, we sucked for the first 50 games where we won the World Series, but they were still like a very talented team, and everybody was healthy for them. You know, the Braves kind of sucked to start the year, too. Um, but then on top of that, the guy that kept them from going from fully collapsing in the first half, Ronald Acuna Jr., tore his ACL and was out for the year halfway through the year. A guy that was a pillar of the team last year in a lot of respects in the clubhouse and on the field, Marcelo Zuna, you know, had has legal trouble and has a domestic violence um, accusation. Mike Soroka, who was the team's bona fide ace in 2019, um, one of the best pitchers in the league in 2019, was expected to come back this year, kept getting pushed back because of arm trouble, and um, then he just completely re-tears his ACL, which is just devastating. And um, Mike, Mike is up there, too, of guys I'm super happy for, because he was able to be there. Him and Acuna were both able to be there last night, which was awesome. Ronald was super hyped up the whole game. It was just really great to see. And um, Soroka being out there and celebrating with the team, it's awesome. And I, I, I can't wait for that dude to come back. I, I'm going to try to make it a personal mission of mine to, if it, if it is a home game when he returns, I need, I really want to be there to see that and just to see the ovation that guy is going to get because he just seems like a, like a, like an awesome dude, just a super nice guy. And I mean, he has gone through hell with this Achilles stuff. Tearing your Achilles twice in a row and then a span of less than a year is like I can't imagine like anything injury wise in sports that could just be more brutal. Like it's insane, and you're a pitcher. It's not like you're, it's not like he's in the NBA when it's like okay, it's a kind of a more common thing. He's a pitcher. It's a, it's such a weird thing, and it's such a just a bad injury too. Like I can't wait for that dude to come back, and I and I know he's gonna shove too. He's gonna shove. I mean, it's Mike Soroka, man. He's gonna shove, and I can't wait for it. So, yeah, I'm super happy for him, super happy for Ronald, man. And, I mean, I'll get into this in a second in more depth, but next year's team is lining up just to be a behemoth. It really is. I mean, they aren't. At, this team wasn't at full strength, and they just really just ran through everybody in the playoffs. The Braves didn't have to play in a single elimination game this entire playoffs. A single one. Their backs were never fully against the wall one time in this entire postseason. They pretty much dominated every team they played. They seemed like the better team against every team they played, and they played against some really, really good teams. They they played, they played, they faced the best pitching staff in baseball. They beat them in four. The most expensive team in baseball, the defending champions, absolute juggernaut Los Angeles Dodgers, you know, they they were one impossible Cody Bellinger swing away from sweeping them. If Cody Bellinger doesn't hit that ball that is at his eyeballs out of Dodger Stadium, the Braves probably sweep the Dodgers. And I know that's just weird to say out loud, but they do. They probably do. And then they have this Houston Astros team who is just absolutely battle-tested. They've been here time and time again. They're, they they played these postseason games and they feel like they're in the regular season because they're here so much, and the Braves just like kind of thoroughly beat them. Like I mean, they had a chance to beat them in Game Five. They kind of they kind of poo pooed on themselves and blew it, and they could have beat them in five, but it wasn't a problem. They just turned around in Game Six and beat them seven to nothing. Like they they're better than the Astros. They're better than the Dodgers and they're better than the Brewers. It's insane. And I mean, if you say if you said any of these things three months ago. 
I would have said, yeah, right, dude. Like, yeah, come on. Give me a break. You're out to lunch. Like, but but they 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 became better than them at the deadline and since they like everyone started playing good baseball. The Max Free was the best pitcher in the in the entire league the second half of the year. Charlie Morton was great. Ian Anderson was good. I mean, everybody was hitting. Freddie was awesome. Austin Riley, who I haven't even mentioned yet, this entire episode, probably the team's best player in the regular season. I mean, in the second half, he put on his big boy pants. He saw that Ron Acuna was not going to be coming through that door every day. And he said, I have to do this. And he did that. He turned in Ronald Acuna-level production in the second half of the year. And he saved the Braves. The Braves aren't in the playoffs at all if it's not for Austin Riley. And this is the guy that I was trying to get traded before the season started. I wanted the Braves to trade Austin Riley to the Cleveland Indians for Jose Ramirez. And I'll admit it right now. And it seems stupid. And it seems really bad. But hey, I wanted to do that. I wanted the Braves to go for it this year. And they did it. They, the Braves, usually when these teams that are in their window, they usually have their one move their Death Star move that pushes them over the top. You can look back at teams of what, what it was for them. The Dodgers last year, they went out and got Mookie Betts. That was their, their bid. There was them pushing all their chips in the middle of the table. That was their Death Star move. We are going to get Mookie Betts. You saw the Astros in 2017. Let's go get Justin Verlander. He's one of the best pitchers of our generation. Let's go get him. Put them over the top. Like I said with the Cubs earlier, let's go get a roll to Chapman, push our chips in, let's make our move, this is our window, our Death Star move, let's do it. The Braves didn't do that. They still haven't, and they still could. They still could. The team that just won the World Series still hasn't made their big move yet. It's insane. It is really insane. And I'm not like I'm not going to hold my breath and wait for it because, um, you know, that this regime has not showed that they are really um, interested in making a big signing or a trade. But yeah, like it's just pretty insane that you look back on all these previous world series teams, like they, they had to make, they had to make their move. They had to get, get their move to push them over the top and it cost them a lot, but it was totally worth it obviously because they won the championship. The Braves did that and gave up nothing. It's the difference. It's, it's insane. It is really, truly incredible. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm just kind of at a loss for words now, just thinking about it. Like it's, um, it's insane. It really is. This is most one of the most incredible stories I've ever witnessed. And I'm not even just saying saying that because I'm a fan of the team. You know, if another team would have done this, I would have just been like, wow, like. Like, uh, I wish I could be part of that. And uh, I, I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. It's insane that this is the team that that broke through for, for Atlanta sports in my lifetime. Not the, not none of the early 2000s Braves with Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones and Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz. Not them. You know, they only got the 195. They don't get another one. Um, not the not the Braves with, the, with Justin Upton and, um, you know, Freddie Freeman was still there. And Justin Upton, B.J. Upton, Jason Hayward, Craig Kimbrell, all those guys. Not those Braves. Not the Braves of 2019 with uh, Ron Acuna. Ozzy Albies was great that year. Mike Soroka. Josh Donaldson. Shout out to Josh Donaldson. I love, I love you, Josh. Um, not the 2020 Braves with Marcelo Zuna. Uh, the MVP, Freddie Freeman. Ron Acuna was great that year. 
Um, yeah, I mean, not those Braves, but these Braves. And it is, it's just crazy that this was the team that broke through. And I'm, I'm going to say that over and over again, but it just is. And um, I'm super happy. I'm like Last night was one of the happiest nights of my life. I was up all night just looking at all of the pictures and watching the videos and reading everything about the team and watching the post-game show on Bally. I was just up all night. I couldn't get enough of it. And as soon as I'm done recording here, I'm probably going to go back and just like watch highlights on loop and read stuff and listen listen to what other people have to say about the team. I just can't wait. And I, I'm ready for Friday, too. I'm going to be at the parade. It's just awesome. It's just, it's really awesome. I mean, and, and it's just, it's great for all the other fans that have waited for so long for something like this. Because I know I'm not the only one. Like, I know I'm a huge Atlanta sports fan. And they haven't won anything since I've been alive. And they've lost in just gut-wrenching fashion so many times in multiple sports. And... For 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 one of my teams to finally break through, it's just like it, it's it's I, I can't describe it. I can't. I really can't. I mean, just what this team went through last year, blowing the three one lead to the Dodgers and all the stuff they went through this year. It's just God. I just can't get enough. It's just such a good story, man. It really is. Um. So yeah, I've I've rambled for quite a while here. Um. I could probably keep going for another hour or two if I uh, if I really felt the need. But um, I'll cut it short. Not short, actually. I'll just cut, I'll I'll cut it here. Um, you know, I'll be back next week. Probably talk about this some more. Just kind of some more um reflections in a few days. And um, yeah, this this is just this is great, man. This is great. I can I I'm just I'm ecstatic still. Like the Braves won the last game of the season, and um, that's really special, and it's something that no none of us will ever forget. And yeah, yeah, can't say much more about it. So um, I thank you all for listening. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. Um, there will be definitely more to come. So um, keep in touch, turn on the notifications, whatever it takes. Um, yeah, and I will see you in the next one.